to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode. So happy to have you here with me now in this space at this time. And congratulations on prioritizing your time where there's going to be huge benefits, huge uh, return on investment of your time, which is your health. And again, it's I, when I refer to health, I think of holistic health, the W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, whole body, mind, and spirit. As I mentioned before, uh, when I just focus on the body and didn't really pay too much attention to mind and spirit, uh, I got about uh, 80% of the way with my health goals. And it was when I started focusing on the mind and spirit that I really got the last 20%. And I don't know why I felt uh, compelled to share that with you today, but somehow it's been really popping up in the, um, in like the uh, stratosphere, so to speak, everywhere I turn, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of witnessing this, experiencing this seems to be a reflected pattern uh, I'm seeing in a lot of people. So I just wanted to really iterate that. Okay. And the interesting thing is, um, if you've been following this last little series, um, the four pillars of holistic health, today I'm going to be focusing on gut health. And that's the third pillar after the stress response, sugar hormones, then gut health. And last will be toxins tolerance. Now, wow, gut health is huge. I don't even know where to begin. And it and it's interesting because um, when I say the word gut health, like the two words together, there's a lot um, within that big umbrella. I also am speaking about, so what I'm speaking about when I speak about gut health, again, remember I wanted to make some broad categories and within this category, it's the anatomical health of your gut. So all the way down, the gut is basically a tube from your mouth down to your anus and that tube is um has a lining right the gut lining and it's from the esophagus into the stomach into the small intestine which then becomes the large intestine and then you and then it's out into the world again into the anus now the interesting thing is that space within that tube is actually surrounded by you um but whatever's in there is not in you, so to speak, in the sense that whatever is in your gut has not yet been absorbed by your body, right? So you're not just what you eat, you're what you can break down and then absorb into your body. And you also are what your body can't get rid of back into that tube to be pooped out, right? So we're talking about the health of the lining of the gut. So um, that's important, obviously. We're also talking about the health of the microbiome, which is a community of organisms that live on that lining of the gut. So again, this particular community of organisms is not actually in your tissues, but sort of living on your tissues. 
and you don't want them getting into you and kind of traveling around your body, you really want them to stay in your gut. There are organisms that do live in you appropriately, but this is not what we're talking about when we talk about the gut microbiome. And also like there's certain locations in the gut where you want these organisms. And when I say organisms, I mean like bacteria, yeast, fungi, parasites, um, you know, those kinds of things, viruses. They live in the gut and some of them are supposed to be there. Some of them are not the good guys and the bad guys. And um, there's like the, the biggest location they tend to live in is the large intestines or just before like your anus, just before you poop things out. It's that's where they're supposed to be. And when they start um, living in places they're not supposed to in large in high amounts, like let's say for whatever reason, let's say your stomach acid production goes down naturally with age or due to medications like proton pump inhibitors for heartburn. Let's say your stomach acid production goes down. That stomach acid usually kind of keeps down the amount of organisms in your, in your stomach because it's a very acidic environment and also kind of helps keep down the amount of organisms in your small intestine. And when the organisms grow, start moving up into your small intestine and kind of growing there more than they should, then you get what's called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or small intestinal fungal overgrowth. And that's like a whole other topic, but you can, like I would say the number one kind of tell of having this issue is you get bloating that kind of comes and goes usually after a meal, but it can kind of also just come and go. And that's because the, these organisms are always breaking down your food for you. And when they break down food, they can kind of, let's say, fart, <laughs> produce some gas. And sometimes that gas, gas causes a bloating. Obviously, if you get episodes of constipation, that can also cause bloating. But small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is really classically like you get the bloating and then you might get some constipation or diarrhea depending on how, like which of those organisms are in you in uh, excess amounts at the wrong place. So when we talk about um, gut health, again, we're talking about the lining of the gut. Um, which I've described before is like in some places, the lining of the gut is quite thick, like in the stomach, obviously needs to have really like thick lining to um, like coated with mucus to protect the stomach from the acid in the stomach. Right. And then the small intestine is where your body does most of its absorption. And um, so that's where a lot of like our, the breakdown products of our foods like the proteins and the carbohydrates and the fats are supposed to get primarily absorbed in the small intestine and other organs like the gallbladder and the pancreas will dump kind of like their juices into that area to help break down the fat in the case of the, the bile of the gallbladder or the carbohydrates in the case of the, um, pa uh, the pancreas. The stomach does a good job on the protein or it should if it has enough stomach acid. And then the lining of the gut itself works to break down foods. And then our microbiome is actually responsible for breaking down our fiber. So we don't break down our fiber, our microbiome does. And when you have a healthy microbiome, you have a healthy breakdown of fiber and you get all of the benefits of fiber. When you have an unhealthy microbiome or dysfunctional microbiome, then you start running into problems. When you so I'm talking about gut health from that perspective. I'm also talking about digestive power. So for example, I spoke about First of all, like, you know, are you chewing your foods enough? Because that's a huge mechanical digestive power that we have to break down our foods mechanically in the mouth. 
you have enough saliva that starts a saliva also has the capacity to start the pro- the breakdown process of foods in our mouth then your stomach acid you need to have enough right not too little not too much just like that goldilocks zone you want to have bile to help break down your healthy fats and that comes from the gallbladder and if you don't have a gallbladder it's kind of dripped out intermittently by the liver as opposed to big dumps of bile that the gallbladder does when you eat a fatty meal and there's certainly a need, I believe, to um, support digestive power when you've had a gallbladder removal. Um, and then there's the pancreas that has to, you know, um, secrete its digestive juices, like the, it helps break down, like I said, things like carbohydrates. And then you need to have like really good um, flow through that tube. So you need to have enough movement to clear the the toxins because the gut is also responsible for clearing toxins. And the, one of the ways it does that is that it tries to stop toxins that are in what you eat from getting in. And then it takes things that are in the body, like, you know, breakdown products. Like let's say you, your body makes estrogen and it, and it, and it uses it. And now it wants to get rid of it. Your body um, uses the liver and the bile and the gallbladder to get rid of estrogen. It dumps it out through the bile into the gut, and then it, and then you poop it out. Okay, and again, if you have a bad uh, community of microorganisms that uh, in the gut, they'll actually take the estrogen and transform it into the kind that goes back into your body, which you don't want. You don't have too much estrogen, right? Goldilocks zone as well. You want just enough, and um, so you need to have like really good. Um, a process of detoxification, both chemically through the bile and physically through your poop getting through you. And the kind of like the ideal number research has shown is to have two to four well-formed bowel movements a day. And that's well-formed is like the shape of a banana and um, not too small and hard pieces. That would be like a sign of constipation and not too soft and runny. That's a sign of diarrhea which is normal if you're doing like um, sometimes, you know, targeted supplement protocols help you increase your bowel movements to, and you kind of tend towards a state of diarrhea with that. But what I'm talking about is like your regular day to day, if you're having bouts of diarrhea, that's a sign that you have some kind of problem with your microbiome health, your gut lining health and your digestive power. Okay. And then also in this category of gut health, um, I do include what goes in there. So nutrition. So do you have um, nutritional deficiencies or nutritional toxicities? Because, you know, some people overdo it on the health foods. Like there is too much of a good thing when it comes to plants and nuts and, you know, kombucha and acai berries stuff, you know, like everything you can overdo, even carrots you can overdo. And you can overdo water. And then the deficiencies come from, unfortunately, fall, you know, like uh, eating a standard American diet where you're having like, you know, cereal or breakfast cereals or granolas that aren't well done for breakfast. And then you have, um, you know, bread off the shelf that's lasting forever on the shelf as part of your um, lunch sandwich. Maybe you're having pasta for d- dinner with like um, a tomato sauce that has added sugars Um, which, um, by the way, sugar gets in the way of your body being able to absorb vitamin C so you can get into a vitamin C deficiency, Um, you know, those kinds of things, okay? So gut health really encompasses what you eat. It also encompasses when you eat, okay? So like 
if you are waking up in the morning and having food right away, like before 8 a.m., your digestive power is not strong before that time. And so you're kind of eating food um, at a time when your body isn't optimally ready to digest. It's just like still getting up, like it's getting ready, like it's just dealing with the day starting, so to speak. And then after about like seven or eight o'clock, your digestive power goes down again, or it should. If you eat after that time, you basically um, are distracting the body from the other activities it should be doing that time, doing during that time other than digestion, like self-cleaning, self-detoxification. Um, there are timing for certain organs to work on certain things at different times of the day. It's called circadian science or circadian medicine is like the study of it and, and how when you don't follow those rhythms, those natural rhythms, your body just goes out of sync and dysfunction starts to set in, which causes disease. Your body is not at ease, so it's in the state of disease, right? How interesting is that? And so the timing of when you eat really matters. And I really like, um, oftentimes with people, it's just really nailing that down, getting that timing right, okay? And the interesting thing is like traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda medicine, they all spoke to that, that there were ideal times for eating versus body detoxification. Like the brain does clean itself between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. roughly when you should be in deep sleep. If you're staying up at night and um, you're eating foods like into the later part of the night, you are really getting in the way of your body being able to clean its brain, like self-cleaning of the brain. And oftentimes, I always like to throw these things in here, but anyways, at oftentimes people would be like, well, I just feel like eating when it's late at night. And I'm like, you're confusing a signal that your body's sending you telling you that it's time to go to bed. You're confusing it with a single signal of being hungry. That gnawing feeling at the pit of your stomach is actually a signal of your body saying, I need to be cleaning myself out right now and you're awake. Can you just go to bed? Because this is very uncomfortable for me. So um, sometimes it's just reinterpreting that message um, for what it is and um, paying attention to it and going to bed. So that's really important. So that's when, when I say gut health, it really encompasses this big, broad spectrum. And it allows me to not forget that this is so important. It's such an important pillar. And the cool thing is the mind-body connection piece here is that um, the gut and the brain are connected physically and chemically. So physically through the vagus nerve, which is a nerve that attaches the gut nervous system to the brain nervous system and the gut nervous system is as intricate as the brain nervous system it simply has different tasks but it's no less complex which is really amazing and the communication you would think that the brain would be communicating more with the gut but it's the other way around the gut is communicating more with the brain and the communication really changes based on what you eat how you eat when you eat okay so you can and, and research has shown this, you can cause mental disorders as a result of what you eat. So as a simple example, powerful example though, is that um, they've examined individuals with schizophrenia and placed a group of them on a wheat-free diet and about 20% or so of them completely go, go into remission of their schizophrenia without medications, simply the placement of a wheat-free diet, okay? Now, that is huge, and I agree it's not the solution for everyone. It was 20%, not 100%. However, 
this is the power of food. Like how crazy is that? When they took kids with ADHD and put them on um, an, uh, colorant-free, like um, additives that is so commonly used in foods, particularly foods that kids eat, like breakfast cereals and even bagels that have all these weird colors now in them, um, marshmallows with weird colors in them, candy, oh gosh, granola bars. Anyways, it's, it's rampant. Um, when they took these kids with ADHD and removed those additives and, and chemicals in the food, um, their ADHD basically went away. The behavior associated with ADHD went away. So we're not talking minor stuff here. It's pretty big. Like um, if you have a kid with ADHD, I feel for you, it's tough. And not to say that every child who has a diagnosis of ADHD has a problem related to food. I think some kids simply have a different way of interacting with the world and maybe they're simply bored with what they're being taught in school and they need different ways to learn. And so there's this other huge category. However, isn't it interesting that in this particular study, they did take these children, they did change their diet and their behavior improved to the point where they no longer met the criteria for ADHD as per the study, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So you know, um, as we continue to do research in this field, I think that more and more, and I haven't even talked about everything um, related to the power of food. However, I, th I hope that this gives you a taste of how important it really, really is. And um, so the brain, the gut, the health of the gut affects the brain, affects the mind, right? It affects the way, because it does also induce states of like, brain fog and low mood and depression and feelings of anxiety. I mean, I myself, um, oh my gosh, just the other day, um, we were driving across um, British Columbia and it was like a 16 hour trip. We divided into two days and I was driving a car on my own because we were moving up Northwest British Columbia to a small town, really lovely town. And I was driving the car. My husband was driving the truck that we had um, bought to move up there with. And um, so I was on my own, thank God, because I ate something in the morning uh, at a cafe that just did not agree with me. Like I ate out of my usual eating pattern. And it might have been the dairy. I don't know. I, I, I definitely usually stay away from dairy because um, I, I do have a dairy intolerance, but the sandwich they made for me came with dairy and I was like, oh, you know, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to eat it. And that uh, about an hour and a half to two hours later, this brain fog hit me like a brick wall. It was like this sticky, foggy, like soup of like, oh, I can't even think, you know, it was in my head. I fell asleep at the wheel, which was crazy. I almost got into an accident. And then I was driving like knuckle, like, like fisted, you know, white knuckling my, my steering wheel to stay awake, like windows down, you know, cold air blasting. I was doing everything I could to just stay awake. It lasted until the afternoon and then uh, kind of into the evening. I went to bed early, like at eight. I was so just exhausted. And I got up the next day and I was feeling much better, still a little bit of it left over. And then as it went on, it, like it just cleared for the day. And that for me was, Again, a very strong example of how what you eat affects how you feel all the way through to the brain and the mind, like what, how you're thinking, right? Like my clarity of thought was just so off and I felt like down, kind of depressed, obviously, right? Like it just didn't feel good. I was really like, ugh. And um, 
And you would say, well, that's a really strong reaction for eating one food out of, out of line. And I was like, yeah, you know what I think? I think I've noticed this with myself and with the people I've worked with is that when you're eating foods that don't agree with you every day, your body like adjusts to it. You know, it kind of sort of learns to manage. Um, however, it, it's draining for the body. And over time, there can be a tipping point where you're just like, you just don't do well anymore. But it's hard to put your finger on it because you've been eating that food for a while, right? Um, and, and however, when you're eating that food, even though it's not like a very drastic issue because your body's like kind of tolerating it, um, your, your optimal health, like let's say Let's say you weren't eating that food. Let's say your optimal health would be at 100%. Well, maybe you're down to like 60%. However, you don't notice it because it's an everyday experience for you, right? And the thing is for me, I'm, I usually operate at 100%. So I ate this thing and my body went down to 60% and the difference was so drastic. It was like, holy crap. And reflecting back, I remember when I was in medical school and residency training and it would be like the afternoon after having my lunch. It was around two o'clock. Uh, this huge slump in energy would hit me. And I would just like want to fall asleep so badly. And if I wasn't kind of like a lecture or some kind of like a conference and just sitting there paying attention, I would usually fall asleep and kind of nod off. I tried not to, but it was really hard not to. And I remember that feeling, that pulling sensation of just wanting to sleep so badly. So that's the kind of the gut mind connection, right? It's, it's really hard to live your best life when you don't have like the mental clarity or capacity or energy to like, to do that because you're, because you're sort of, da you're, you're damages through the gut health pillar, right? So very important, obviously. And, uh, you know, the brain is 60% fat. And if you have a problem with bioflow, um, you know, you can't break down that fat properly. So your body's not going to get it in enough to build a high quality brain. Maybe you're not having enough of the right kind of fats to build a high quality brain, right? It, it all is interconnected. That's the gut health piece. And for me, I remember, um, when I started having problems with my skin, that was like, I've been having problems with my health for a while, like, you know, irregular periods, painful periods, hemorrhagic, very heavy bleeding, um, you know, some adult acne. And I was like, okay with that. I thought it was normal, you know, went on the birth control pill for a while, the usual story. However, um, you know, it was when I started getting a really bad dermatitis around my eye and around my nose. Um, it was like so disfiguring. I, I was so embarrassed by it. I was actually embarrassed to go out in public. I feel like that's what that was really what pushed me to really go deep into like um, the research on health. And it, that was when I found out the connection between the skin and the gut and the importance of gut health. And, I, and that's when I was like, whoa, <laughs> here I was looking at like, what was I putting on my skin? And um, what products did I need to put on my skin to fix this dermatitis? And like nothing was working. And I remember being at a conference and it was a woman, um, a PhD doctor who was presenting on like supplements and she, um, was very high level, like really good evidence research space. And, and it was my first kind of conference or learning experience on supplements. We hadn't really been taught that in medical school. What? Well, let me just paraphrase that. We had not been taught that in medical school. We were taught about, you know, a little bit about vitamin D and vitamin C, but that's about it. 
So she was going deep into the research and I was, I like, here I was with my dermatitis and I remember like putting out my hand and I was like, so is there anything like any supplements that, you know, I could take for my skin? And she kind of looked at me um, and she said, you know, there's so many things to do. Like, I can't really cover that here, unfortunately. Like, that's a big topic. Um, and then afterwards, um, an, a member of the audience who was a, a nutritionist, I think it was, but a, a, a nutritionist specialized in the skin, she came to me and she gave me her business card and she said, listen, just so you know, like what you eat affects your skin health. So if you ever want to like get your skin health in order, you should reach out to me and I'll teach you all about it and we'll work on it together. Right. And I just remember being like, oh, that's weird. No. Yeah. I don't see the relationship here. Like I'm not going to bother. Like I think I'm, I'm eating a pretty healthy diet. This was before I clued into the fact that I was eating a, uh, a healthy version of the standard American diet, which still does not support health very well. It wasn't supporting my health. At least I know that for sure. The, um, and it wasn't until like a few years after that, when I started to do my own research, that I, I ran across the studies that, that definitely support that. And I was like, oh man, there was the universe like handing me on the silver platter, a way to fix my health. And I turned that opportunity down and I eventually got to it, but it took me a few years, you know, so I delayed my own progress by a few years because of my own inability to open my mind to new information, you know, like the, the now me would tell the old me to say, you know what, although this doesn't sound intuitive, that gut health affects skin health and really affects whole body health, but this is just a really good example. Um, you should have just stayed open and maybe like maybe reached out to her to have a conversation and learn a little bit more about it or even started doing research at that time about it to, just to see, is it true or is it not true? Because wouldn't it be interesting if it was? Unfortunately, at that time, I still had, um, hmm, I don't want to stereotype Western medicine doctors. However, I would say the way that many of us were trained kind of led to this way of approaching information that if it came from the people who were training us, then we really, we just took it as gospel. Like if as a resident working with a doctor, if the doctor taught me something, I would like really believe it, you know? However, if it came from like a patient or a therapist or an, um, a non-conventional, like an alternative clinician, you know, you're likely to disregard it and not really pay attention to it and just say like, I don't have time for this. And if it, if it was true, I would have learned it. Or if it was important, I would have learned it in my training. Right. So, you know, I'm a different person now than I was then. And looking back, I realized that, um, I really had no idea as a trained Western medicine doctor of the importance of my gut health pillar and how it was contributing to my holistic health, whole body and mind. Um, and the spirit connection is like, well, when you are physically not in, not well, it's really hard to focus on personal growth and development in the spiritual way. You know, it's like the spirit is still there shining brightly. That energy of the universe is still shining through you, but it's dimmed. It's like a dimmer. <laughs> it's like your bulb is being dimmed. Um, or like a veil is being thrown in front of your light where just you can't express yourself fully because your attention, both mentally and physically, is taken up by disease and not feeling your best. 
right? Not sleeping well, not thinking well, not digesting well, not building your body well, you know? So I do think that there's um, that connection is there in terms of I really started paying attention to the spiritual side of things once I figured out my body and my health got better and I had more energy, more mental clarity, more sharpness, mental sharpness. And then I was able to do the deep dive into more and more and more topics, which eventually took me into that spiritual kind of place. So yeah, that's the, that's the piece on gut health. I hope you found it helpful. Drop your questions in the comments and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Hope you have a wonderful day, evening, or night, depending on when you catch this. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 